The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Welcome back. Customs and Border Protection sources telling Fox News there have now been more than 96,000 known gotaways at the southern border since the beginning of this fiscal year. A convicted killer escaping Colombia, entering the U.S. as a gotaway, making his way to the outskirts of New York City. Because we don't know who they are, where they're from. And in many cases, Dana, they're seeking to evade apprehension simply because they are criminals like this Colombian man you're talking about, convicted of murder in his home country, now arrested by ICE in Newark, New Jersey. Does President Biden want to locate these folks who have disappeared into this country to parts unknown? So we're doing what we can, right, at the border? You know, I think Biden's actions speak louder than words. The Biden administration, as we speak, are down there cutting the barriers. They're cutting the barbed wire, the razor wire. They're removing the cargo um, containers that are blocking the border. So all of the things that are trying to stop people from coming in, the Biden administration is removing. Some Democrats are saying the president needs to federalize uh, the Texas National Guard. The Border Patrol agents are now, as you said, allowed to cut through the wire because of what the Supreme Court has laid out. It's, it's unfortunate that we had to go there. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the, at the border to do their job. He wants to politicize an issue, and he's not helping communities. He actually isn't. And he's actually putting... Border Patrol agents in harm's way by doing what he's doing. It doesn't seem like it's a priority for him to stop the flow of people coming across. It sounds like the priority is to help them get across more easily. I couldn't disagree more. So many big city mayors, Democrats, are saying this is an untenable situation in cities across the country. 68% of Americans disapprove of the way the Biden administration has handled the border. So... How do you address that? Have you done enough? The first bill that we offered was a bill to fix the immigration system. That's when you controlled both houses. And Congress did not take it up. And and, um, we hope and and are really trying to compel, um, in particular, some of the Republicans in Congress to participate in the solution. But sadly, uh, you know, we want to fix it. They want to run on it. They want to they want a political issue to run on in November. Well, it's working, honestly. Well, I don't I think. But what is the president's plan? This is happening just weeks after 300,000 people came into this country over the southern border illegally. The razor wire officials down there think was keeping some of them out. And you guys just sued and won to remove it. Again, if the if, if the folks in the, on the House Republican side are, are serious about border security, and they claim they are, then they should act on the supplemental request. A lot John, of do we have a border? Do we have a southern go. border? Do we have a what? Do we have a southern border? Yes, ma'am. Of course we then do. Then how come people can flow across it every single day? We Hundreds and thousands very, of people over the court. 300,000 people in December. 
we're working very hard to try to fix that, Martha. The president spoke to this last week uh, a little bit, too. He said, you know, he, he called out, he said to House Republicans, do you really want to actually fix this problem? Do you really actually want to uh, do the work that's needed to deal with the issue that we're seeing at the border? Do you really want to fix this immigration system? I'm adding on to what the president said, but that's a question for House Republicans. I think we have proven, Republicans in the Senate and Democrats in the Senate, have proven that we actually want to work on this issue. I don't know why House Republicans continue to get in the way. It's taken that they want the issue more than they want a solution. They don't want to pass anything because they want it to still be a huge problem. You know, some want to just use it as a cudgel. They don't want to solve a problem. The plan is coming together. It will be Ukraine aid. It will be uh, a border provision. It will be Israel-Gaza. It will be state disaster relief and Indo-Pacific aid all in one package. Yeah, and all kinds of additional pork barrel, pork barrel spending as well to, uh, to go with it. Has to be lumped in together with uh, border control or border security in fact in fact this just this just legalizes all the illegal crossings that are going on at the southern border that's the dirty little secret it's not about securing the border it's about spend 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 this is this is boiling over this is now this is this has now become the number one concern for most voters in america as we come up to the next presidential election, and of course, as we've said before, this is respecting the, the disastrous withdrawal from uh, Afghanistan. It's, it's chaos by design. It's all part of the fundamental transformation of the United States. The Barack Obama-led fundamental transformation of the United States. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. So, so much to get to on the program. Of course, you can get to the live stream of this show every weekday morning at 11.05 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. Just go to trumpetdaily.com or go to the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. Make sure you rumble up or uh, Maybe I said thumble up yesterday. I got a couple of emails uh, saying that. So either that, maybe I did it in the live chat. I can't remember. It wasn't planned. wasn't trying to be funny. In any event, we need the thumbs up. That's what we need over at Rumble. Also remember, every weekday evening, we've got the rebroadcast of this show over at LFA TV. That too is on rumble.com. Just go to Live from America TV and you can follow us every weekday evening at 8 p.m in the central time zone of the United States. So you've got people on uh, social media saying this is uh, our modern day Fort Sumter. I mean, uh, who's going to fire first? <laughs> what, a, what a difficult position the Joe Obama administration is in. They're, they're firing off the letters even as we speak, but uh, are they going to send in troops to uh, confront the, uh, the Texas National Guard, which is out there just trying to protect its border, trying to seal its border, something that the feds won't do because Joe Obama's policy is to let everyone in. This is about welcoming in 20-some million new Democrat voters. That's right. So that Democrats can stay in power forever. That's what it's all about. What an image. We'll play it for you later. <laughs> the feds sending down the bulldozers. It happened back in October. That's what led to the case that ended up in the Supreme Court. 
the decision that was made by the Supreme Court on Monday. (laughs) Amy Coney Barrett, she may not have thought so when she was signing on with all of the communist leftists on on the court, but she's triggered a constitutional crisis. You have Greg Abbott sending out his letter yesterday saying, no, the feds aren't protecting our border. They're constitutionally obligated to protect our border. If they won't do it, we will as a state. And so Greg Abbott is making his stand. As I say, it it puts the Joe Obama people in a difficult position. Do you send in the army to confront your, your fellow Americans, the Texas National Guard? Or do you stand down? The images, though, the images that ordinary Americans are seeing, they know. They know that this is a crisis caused by the dear leader and his puppet, Joe Biden. They know it. That's what makes these audacious lies astound. I mean, they lie all the time. We know this. But when you see... 300,000 illegal immigrants just pouring across the border in the month of December alone. 300,000. When you see it happening, when you see the feds cutting the barbed wire, when you see the bulldozers coming in to remove the barbed wire so that hundreds of illegals can stream in, you know which side is for wide open borders and you know which side is for closing the border. What a disaster. I mean, you can feel it boiling over as this country barrels ahead toward civil war. There's quite a few commentators on social media and on podcasts now saying that's where we are. That's where we are. And critics say, well, they're just being provocative. Well, look at at what is happening. Greg Abbott makes his stand, and then you've got Florida and Alabama and Mississippi and South Dakota, even here in Oklahoma, Montana. All of these red states saying, we support Greg Abbott. This is a country that is deeply divided. And Jesus told us that a house divided cannot stand. That's the truth of it. That's the reality. I mean, Abraham Lincoln was quoting that for a reason back before the Civil War. If we don't come together, (laughs) the the whole experiment explodes in our faces. That's what we're, we're facing. So Texas wants to defend its own border. And the Biden administration wants to keep the border wide open and even went to court to get Amy Coney Barrett to say, yeah, go ahead, cut down the barriers, remove the barriers. There was a time when port of entry meant something to both sides of the aisle. Listen, let's secure the border and uh, on the ports of entry, we're, we're pro-immigration. It just needs to be legal. So let's steer them to the ports of entry. Instead, you've got this bulldozer at some random place at Eagle Pass in October lifting up the barrier, the razor wire, and saying, just come on in. Never mind if there's no, if there's no border security or, or border patrol there to welcome you in. Just stream on in. Come on. Texas law enforcement is taking matters into their own hands. (laughs) And the feds, you know, it's amazing when you think of these crimes, this this lawlessness carried out by Joe Obama. Here, you know, we've talked often about Republicans lacking a spine to do anything, to stand against this onslaught of lawlessness. 
We've talked about their lack of courage. We've, we've shown you just how many rhinos are in the swamp and, and all across the country, really. But here's one Republican, Governor Abbott. I don't think he's an ultra-conservative by any means. But he sees, he sees these illegals pouring into his state, pouring into these cities at the south, so many of them with Democrat mayors crying out for help. And he's making a stand. And you have to wonder, where are the Republicans in Congress? Why won't they make a stand? Why won't they impeach Mayorkas? Why won't they impeach Biden? I mean, these are, crime, these are crimes far worse than the Biden crime family. I mean, they're getting away with crimes too. They won't, they won't impeach Biden or Hunter or anybody. But these are crimes... We're looking at, what, 20 million or 22 million illegals? About half, half of that coming in under Biden's watch, as much as 10 million anyway. And uh, Mayorkas, no impeachment proceedings, no articles of impeachment, nothing. Nothing for Biden. Here he's clearly getting away with lawlessness. It's all brought on by Barack Obama, fundamental transformation. So Governor Abbott, he publishes this letter yesterday saying that he's going to uphold. He's going to uphold the law of the land. He's going to uphold the laws of Texas. He's going to defy the Supreme Court's recent decision. And by the way, you know, he's doing it for the right reason. But what a precedent this sets for the more lawless states. That would be the dark blue states. What happens when they get a Supreme Court ruling that they don't agree with? I mean, this is opening Pandora's box. This is a, a nation divided. He publishes this letter, anyway, saying that the executive branch, this is from Abbott's letter, the executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws. On the books right now, President Biden has refused to enforce those laws, and has even violated them. He's completely right. He's absolutely right. He quotes Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution, which says, A state cannot engage in war without the consent of Congress unless, unless, quote, uh, actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit of delay. So a state can't act on its own unless it's being invaded. And that's, and that's what Abbott is arguing. Look, we're being invaded. And the federal government's coming in and cutting down the barriers? Are you serious? This is what's happening. Texas is being invaded. And the federal government won't protect it. Abbott quotes Article 4, Section 4 that state and federal government, quote, shall protect each of them against invasion. See, the federal government has an obligation to protect the states. But see, Joe Obama went to court. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court, not to protect Texas, but to get Amy Coney Barrett to say, hey, you can get in, you, the feds can get in there and cut down the barriers that the Texas National Guard put up. This is uh, not too far removed from all-out civil war. And when you think of the sobering prophecies in Ezekiel 4 and 5, 
I mean, it, it, it should be a wake-up call. It really should be. We've put together more. I'm, I know that cold open was a fairly long montage, but this is uh, maybe more specifically, uh, not just solely about the Texas situation, but just <laughs> you listen to this montage and decide for yourself which side is pro-wide open border and which side wants to get in there and close it. This is clip five. This is two days now, if we count, after the Supreme Court gave Border Patrol permission to cut or remove the razor wire that Texas installed at the border. Right, but the court and the ongoing lawsuit didn't say anything about Texas not putting up more wire, so that is what Texas National Guard troops were doing today with the governor not backing down. Razor wire defense lines were reinforced Wednesday in Eagle Pass, with the federal government still not sure exactly which areas along the border Texas will let federal agents access, and the Texas governor not giving an inch. We now have the Senate Republicans and the White House and the Senate Democrats with a deal, the toughest border deal ever, that would stop fentanyl from flooding across the border. Stop it. They're saying no, and they're admitting, Republicans are admitting, House Republicans, no. We don't want to fix this. We don't want to fix the fentanyl problem right now. We don't want to fix the illegal immigrant party uh, problem right now because Joe Biden might get a little bit of credit for that. That's mm -hmm. how sick they are. The numbers you need to understand. Yale University released a study last week by three researchers, all of them liberal, I believe, who concluded that the actual number of illegal aliens in this country is not 11 million. It's north of 22 million. 22 million. Mm. Fact one. Fact two. The Democratic Party is now, as a matter of policy, calling for the legalization of all illegals in this country. Citizenship voting rights. 22 million new voters. Fact mm -hmm. three, the overwhelming majority of first-time immigrant voters vote Democrat. Fact four, the largest margin in American presidential history was 17 million votes. Now, permanent electoral majority in perpetuity. That's what this is about. It's not about making the country better, serving our labor needs, helping the population. It's about putting Democrats in power forever. Again, let's be very clear here. Donald Trump's two positions here are one, keep the border open. Because Donald Trump says keeping the border open for illegal immigrants and fentanyl is good for him, despite the fact that here, Donald Trump says, keep the border open, Mitch. If you want to get some momentum for any type of legitimate border protection that's been worked on now by Senator Lankford, Senator Murphy heading it up, and you say, and the president comes out and says, it is a crisis, we've got to fix it. If you really want to know if they're sincere, why would anyone think the president's sincere about it when he's doing everything he can to cut the razor wire right. that Texas is forced to do themselves and sending in the federal government to do it? Why would anyone feel good about it? when he is backing up all those cities that have sanctuary status. Now, if you look at the, if you look at the inverse of what we're doing at the border for what Texas doing at the border, think about these cities are trumping the Constitution in these sanctuary city status. You're saying, I don't care what the federal government says, we are forbidding ICE from kicking out people who we know are here illegally from even asking them. That's also unconstitutional. And so the finger uh, pointing continues. <laughs> You've got... Well, for one, on the one side, you just see, you see the images coming out from the southern border. And there, as I've said before, there should be a whole lot more reporters down there covering this story. But ordinary Americans see it. And then on the other side, you have the audacious lies. Joe Scarborough going on and on about how that what the Senate has put forward is the toughest border security deal ever, ever in history. 
And here we're facing the, the worst border crisis ever in American history. And the regime media going on and on about how Donald Trump wants to keep the border wide open. Look at what Joe Obama inherited from Trump. Some of the first executive actions that Joe Obama took in early 2021 was to open the border, was to remove Trump's policies, and now they're there. It's amazing to me, just in listening to some of the, the radical leftists on TV, how they must, how, how much they think Americans are so stupid that they can't, that they don't know what's going on. So much, it's not even just about seeing what's on the screen these days. A lot of people in big cities are seeing it on their streets. They're seeing these illegal immigrants just pouring into their communities, pouring into their schools, their community centers, the, the hotels, the, the airports, the airplanes, the buses. They're all over the place. No other country does this because they know it would be committing it would be committing national suicide. Governor Glenn Youngkin from Virginia. Virginia stands with Texas. Greg Abbott is doing the job Joe Biden and his border czar refused to do to secure our border. The Biden administration has turned every state into a border state. We must stop the flow of fentanyl, save lives, and secure our southern border. There they are. There they are, the dear leaders regime, out there in full force saying, this is a Republican problem, even as they go down there and cut the razor wire. This is from uh, Ron DeSantis. He's back to governing in Florida. They support Texas's right to defend itself with personnel and assets. Every state is a border state now, even Florida. Governor Stitt here in Oklahoma, he says again, Texas has the right to send in the National Guard. The headline at Fox News, border battle lines, Dems call on Biden to seize control of Texas National Guard as GOP allies back Abbott. To, to seize control of the Texas National Guard? Yeah, that's actually under discussion. How, how far removed are we from all-out civil war? we got to ask that question. Nobody wants it. <laughs> Nobody wants to provoke it. But look at these two sides as they dig in their heels. Listen to Ted Cruz from yesterday as he's commenting on this so-called deal coming out of the Senate that Joe Scarborough says is the toughest border deal ever, clip 11. We are facing an absolute crisis at our southern border. We're facing the worst illegal immigration in our nation's history. 9.6 million people have crossed illegally into the United States under Joe Biden. And from everything that's been described of this deal, it won't fix the problem. And, and even worse, from what I understand it, this deal effectively normalizes 5,000 illegal aliens a day. That works out to over 1.8 million illegal aliens a year or about six million under the three years of Joe Biden. That is absolutely unacceptable. It, it, it is a, a humanitarian disaster. It, it, it is enriching Mexican drug cartels by tens of billions of dollars. It is resulting in children being viciously assaulted. And I'll tell you also, Liz, 
it is an enormous national security threat to the United States. So I believe you, today yeah. the risk of a terrorist threat today is greater than it's been any time since September 11th. The White House keeps, keeps misleading, blaming yeah. Congress, saying it must act, Senator, when Biden opened up the border on his own with like 100 executive actions just in his first 100 days. So how is it that they can bully the American people and allow 42,000 criminal legal aliens to come into the country, nearly 1,300 terrorists at, at all mm -hmm. ports of entry? and in between. That's Ted Cruz saying that they want to basically legalize the process. They want to basically guarantee that, hey, two million a year can come right on in. This is normal. This is just normal. 9.6 million in these three years under Joe Obama. And they, they actually want to blame Trump for it or Republicans as they <laughs> send through this bloated spending package, Ukraine and Israel and oh, oh, we'll do a little border security as well. Security means process them through as fast as is possible. This case that the Supreme Court decided on on Monday, you go back to some of the background leading up to it. It's October of 2023. Texas had put in place all of this razor wire. Now, take a look at this footage. This is clip four. This is the, the bulldozer action. Of, uh, of the feds as they come in and remove the barrier. They remove the barrier that the Texas National Guard had put in place. And you see the illegals there just streaming in, streaming in. They're not, they're not going down there. You know, some have said, well, you've got a, we, we, the border secu the security or border control, they need to get down to the border so they can do their jobs. So the Texas National Guard needs to get out of the way. And the Texas National Guard says their job, quote unquote, is to let everyone in. Their job is to process them as quickly as possible and then just empty them into the country. Under orders from the dear leader, from Barack Hussein Obama. Chaos by design. Just as we bring out in this issue of the Trumpet magazine, this goes back to 2021. This one too. <laughs> this one too. This is more recently. Who's running the show? That would be Barack Obama. He's running the show for sure. The Houston Chronicle. This is from October last year. Texas is seeking a restraining order against border control after the state says federal agents responded to its lawsuit alleging the the destruction of state-owned razor wire by trading uh, by trading bolt cutters for an industrial strength for forklift they came in with the bolt cutters to try to split open the fence so that the illegals could come in and then they said you know what forget it let's just bring in the bulldozer tear it all down they their policy their objective is to tear down the border fence, the border security wall. Donald Trump constructed 460 miles of it. I mean, just look at the fruits. Come on now. <laughs> look at the fruits. I mean, if you're a critic of Donald Trump saying it was only 460, well, at least it was 460. At least he came. He basically won in 2016 on this, on this policy alone. We're going to build a big, beautiful wall, he said. <laughs> and he won. And he's saying the same thing this time around because of the disaster at the, the invasion at the southern border. This Houston Chronicle piece, it says in a motion filed Friday. And again, this is from October. 
the state claims that two days after Attorney General Ken Paxson sued earlier this week to stop Border Patrol from cutting through the miles of razor wire the state has placed along the Rio Grande, the federal government on Thursday brought out a forklift to pick up spools of wire and let large, a large group of migrants through. So that went off to court. At the district level, there was a judge that ruled in favor of Texas. Then it, it's kicked up to the Fifth Circuit, I think it was. They overturn it. And then the, or maybe it was the other way around. In any of, yeah, the Fifth, I think the Fifth Circuit uh, ruled in favor of Texas. And then it kicks up to the Supreme Court and Amy Coney Barrett and all of her communist friends on the radical left decide that, you know what, let's tear down the barriers. Let's break down the walls. This is another article from October. It says, This legal battle over the razor wire began in October when Texas Attorney General sued the Biden administration. This followed an incident in Eagle Pass, that incident that you just saw there on the video. They bring in the forklift, they bring in the bulldozers, and they say, hey, we're going to tear it down. We're going to tear it down so we can just let in as many as possible. Hey, they're future Democrat voters, after all. Really sad to see this happening to your nation. Listen to how hard Joe Obama is fighting to keep the southern border open. This first uh, clip here is an exchange between John Kirby and uh, Ducey, I think it is, for Fox News. Clip two. Why are you guys making it easier for people to enter the country illegally? I believe we are. Why do you think we are? Well, you guys sued to cut razor wire that was put in place by Texas officials. So that the Border Patrol could actually do their jobs, but keep going. Well, you won in court, so now what? The Border Patrol Union president is saying the Supreme Court's decision is going to undoubtedly encourage more illegal immigration. Do you guys know better than the Border Patrol Union? The Border Patrol needed access, and that's why we sued to get rid of that uh, razor wire, so that they could do their jobs. Does razor wire work? Does razor wire work for what? Does it work for the Border Patrol to allow them to have the access they need to be able to uh, to better process people that are uh, trying to get across the border? I don't think so, and that's why we asked for it to be removed. Aha, uh-huh. to better process people trying to get across the border. He was trying to keep it to, listen, they just need to get in there and do their jobs. They just need access to the border to do their jobs. And then you egg them on a little bit further and it comes down to the reality. What is the policy to process those trying to get in illegally? He couldn't help himself. He couldn't, he couldn't filibuster long enough. He, it's, it's clear. Not, not to Joe Scarborough, but I mean, it's clear to average Americans. Their job is to go down there break open the, uh, the razor wire, the fencing, and then just escort them on in. They're, they're escorts now. They're, they're uh, travel guides. Let's bring them into the States and uh, help them get settled in. They're, they're aiding and abetting the invasion. That's what uh, Joe Bama's borders, border control agents are doing.
Now, who knows how many of them are doing this wholeheartedly. There have to be quite a few that are just sort of grinding their teeth as they follow through on these insane orders. Who, like I say, who does this to themselves? That would be Barack Hussein Obama. He wants it. Fundamentally transform the United States of America. Listen to the French lady, the White House spokesperson, as she talks about Greg Abbott making it harder. He's making it, by putting up a security barrier, he's making it harder for the border agents, again, to what? To do their job. What is their job? Well, Kirby just let the cat out of the bag, didn't he? Clip one. It's unfortunate that we had to go there. It's unfortunate that there is a governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, who has politicized this issue of what's happening on the border. And it's not making people's lives safer. It's actually making it harder for law enforcement at the, at the border to do their job. It's making it harder for them to do their job. Their job of escorting, escorting the illegals right across the border. If you listen to Donald Trump, if I told you about 2016, I mean, he basically campaigned on that singular, you know, policy of building the big wall. I mean, that's what he started in on when he came down the escalators in June of 2015. We've got to stop the invasion. And he made a fair bit of progress. He didn't do it perfectly. He faced a lot of resistance along the way, particularly with, with constructing the security barrier. Because there were those in Congress, Democrats and Republicans alike, that stonewalled, that wouldn't give him funding, that wouldn't support it. And now here you have the regime, the regime media, out there saying that Donald Trump doesn't want, he wants it wide open. Okay. <laughs> what, what, listen to what Donald Trump said just this past week in New Hampshire. This is clip eight. We have a man with us tonight, Tom Homan. I'd like you to say a few words about the border. And who's going to solve that problem? And how quick are we going to do it? I worked for six presidents. No one did more than President Trump. The most secure border in my lifetime. The most secure border we've ever seen. And Donald Trump's going to do it again. We're going to lock the border down. And we're going to protect Americans. That was uh, at his victory speech on, uh, on Tuesday night. His victory speech in New Hampshire. He had Tom Homan there who's, who's worked in border security, as he said there, through six administrations. It was the most secure he's ever seen (laughs) of any administration. These are a few more comments from Donald Trump over just the last week, clip 10. On day one of my new administration, I will seal the border and I will shut down the invasion of millions of people that are coming through into our country. We're never going back to the days of globalist rhinos who promised border security before the election, but do the bidding of their open borders and donors after the election. But I'll seal the border and we'll shut down the invasion of our country, number one. That's the first thing. And I will instruct the heads of ICE and Border Patrol to begin the largest deportation program in American history. We have no choice because this this is not sustainable. Our cities are being choked. This is not sustainable. Three years ago, we had the most secure border in the history of our country. We built 561 miles of border wall and got Mexico to give us 28,000 free of charge. You think that was easy? Not easy. 
Three of, again, 28,000 soldiers we had guarding our border, and we had the best border numbers that we've ever had. We had the safest border in the history of our country, and all Biden had to do is go to the beach and relax, okay? He was there anyway, but he'd go to the beach and say, let's dismantle. We had something called Remain in Mexico. It all worked. It all worked, and it worked well. Under Biden, the USA has been turned into a dumping ground to the world, just a dumping ground. On day one, I will terminate every single open border policy that crooked Joe Biden and his administration have put onto our country. People know, I mean, we don't even need to contrast the two sides with these, uh, these clips. People know. People, one of the reasons the radical left doesn't want him back is they know that he will close the border and that he will unleash this massive deportation campaign. It's one of the reasons they hate Donald Trump so much, because he's not a good globalist that just plays along and invites the world in to the United States of America. I've got to follow up on the Carrie Lake story from yesterday. If you didn't see that particular show, I'd encourage you to go back and view it. It's uh, at our Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily, or go to trumpetdaily.com. And you can see, I mean, we played the clips for you. Really stunning. You know, and I was watching uh, Carrie Lake last night. She had a live uh, chat, I guess, with viewers on her website, carrielake.com. And she said, look, I'm going to bypass all these reporters that are requesting interviews, including me, (laughs) and go straight to the people straight to the people and she did and she took questions and she reminded she reminded her audience that look back at CPAC in uh, March of last year she I, this had happened I guess this exchange she had with Jeff DeWitt this had happened uh, just a few evenings or maybe even the night before she flew out to uh, wherever it was for that CPAC event I think DC maybe I, I forget but uh, she said she got up in front of the audience and she said look someone tried to bribe me from staying out of office. One of the viewers last night was saying, you know, what prompted you to release these these audio tapes, this recording of your exchange with Jeff DeWitt? And she said, well, part of it was because uh, nobody inquired, nobody in the press asked about it. I got up and I said, you know, I was bribed. Someone offered me a bribe to stay out of office or to not run for Senate, the Senate. So then she releases the tapes. And as you heard yesterday, I mean, it's just shocking. To hear a prominent Republican in Arizona, I mean, he's a Trump supporter, evidently. That's what he said in his letter yesterday. But he, he certainly hates Kerry Lake now. But uh, he, he's basically, he, you can hear it in his voice. He knows, he knows how corrupt it is. Look, look, Nate, don't tell anybody about this conversation. But not. And she says, not five million, not 10 million, not 20 million, not a billion. And then at the end of the exchange, name your price. Name your price. And the guys back east will take care of it. Pretty amazing. This is from the Daily Mail, a follow-up over there as well. They're the ones that broke the story. And not very many, besides social media and a few sites here and there, not very many are even interested in this. It says here, Jeff DeWitt resigned as chair of the Arizona Republican Party Wednesday, 24 hours after DailyMail.com published leaked audio of him offering Carrie Lake a plum job or money to step out of politics. 
he says in his letter that uh, one reason he decided to step down is so that Carrie Lake would leave him alone. Evidently, she has more tapes, <laughs> more tapes of conversations with this guy. It says in the, the tape, he can be heard explaining that powerful people would offer her a job or money if she sits out of politics for two years. In his resignation statement, he accused Lake of setting him up by recording a private conversation. And then it quotes from some of his letter. You know, he woke up yesterday morning determined to stay the course, and then by the end of the day decided to, uh, to resign. Resign today or face the release of a new, more damaging recording. He said he was resigning in the hope that it would end her attacks on him. Daily Mail says here, the leaked audio from a, a conversation in early March 2023 sent shockwaves through Republican circles. As I said yesterday, I mean, these are not the, the radical communists that are bribing people to stay out of office. These are good old boys in the Republican Party, in the grand old party. A day earlier, Lake... Uh, had demanded his resignation as she arrived at Donald Trump's campaign party in Nashua, New Hampshire. She told DailyMail.com that the, the American people had had enough. The truth is all coming out now, she said. At the time of their con conversation in March last year, Lake was known to be weighing a run for Senate. Days after DeWitt's approach, she went public with her allegations that powerful forces tried to stop her running but never revealed who was behind it. She revealed that back in, uh, in March of last year at CPAC. So yesterday, I mean, I was, as, she, as she said last night, you know, I revealed it, but nobody in the press was curious. I was kicking myself because we had her on this show back in September of last year. Sam, my producer, you see, he dropped the ball. He should have told me, ask her, ask her about the bribe scheme. Ask her about what she said at CPAC. We didn't, we stayed mostly in, in the contents of her book, which she also released just uh, last year as well. Hopefully we can get her on the show again at some point when she's not so crazy busy. In any event, Steve Bannon, he has this uh, conversation last night on his program with uh, a guy named Michael Patrick Leahy, who's uh, evidently well-connected in Republican circles. And he was elaborating on, of course, everyone's question, after yesterday with DeWitt's resignation is, uh, well, who are the guys back east? Who are the ones that, uh, that basically told DeWitt, look, we'll give, her, we'll, we'll give her millions. Just ask if she'll step aside or disappear for a couple of years. That's all. And we'll pay her off. Who are these guys? What, which, which organization, which Republican, which good old boy Republican organization was behind this? Here's that exchange on Steve Bannon's show, clip three. Sources have told us that the message came from the National Republican uh, Senatorial Committee, which is, as you know, controlled by uh, Mitch McConnell. Yesterday, when we got this information, which we believe to be credible from a credible source, but we, you know, we sent uh, requests, our great reporter in Arizona, the Arizona Sun-Times, Rachel Alexander, sent a request to both Steve Daines and the political director, at the NRSC, to, if they would confirm or de deny that the message originated from them in March of, of 2023. In other words, hey, Kerry, don't run for the Senate. We'll, we'll give you some money or a big job. Neither 
of those people responded to us. But uh, Danes, just a couple hours ago, talked to an NBC reporter and issued, it's right at uh, ArizonaSunTimes.com, and issued uh, a basically what you would call a non-denial denial. He didn't address the issue of whether they originated the message. What he said was, I just heard that report, and uh, gee, I didn't know anything about that report. Wow. According to his sources, it's coming from the National Republican Senatorial Committee, headed up by Mitch McConnell. The big, the, the, the minority leader in the Senate, and the guys working for McConnell come out with the, uh, the non-denial denial. Here's your Republican Party. This is the swamp. This is the D.C. swamp. It's very swampy. The deep state runs deep, that's for sure. Coming back to that point that Carrie Lake made, that I, I announced it at CPAC. Nobody seemed interested. Nobody, no journalist would go there, would even explore it, even asked me about it. This was an interesting story about the Los Angeles Times, the announcement they made yesterday to uh, basically fire a bunch of people, a, a large portion of its staff. You know how it works in, in media. I mean, you've, you've got, to be a viable business, you've got to have revenue. Revenue comes from advertising. Advertising is aimed at readers, and to get readers, you've got to have good content. So what's going on at the LA Times? What's the problem? This is Politico. It says the Los Angeles Times on Tuesday laid off at least 115 people, including about a quarter of its newsroom, in a stunning second round of major, this is the second round, major layoffs in less than a year that underscored broader challenges facing the news business. Why are there so many challenges? This part is almost hilarious. Cuts included reporters, editors, and columnists, according to the union that represents the newsroom and social media posts from individual journalists. Layoffs fell, listen to this, layoffs fell disproportionately on black, Latino, and Asian employees who tend to have less seniority, the Guild said in a statement. You read between the lines, and these are DEI hires. Hey, we've got to have diversity. We've got to have equity. We've got to have inclusion. So they bring in the blacks and the Latinos and the Asians, and they don't have as much seniority. And then when the layoffs come, they let go of the minorities. How racist of the, of the Los Angeles Times to let go of their minorities. Well, leave that aside. Leave their arguments aside. And just look at what you're seeing. It's kind of like the southern border. What is happening in newsrooms? Why, why are these mainstream media outlets finding it so difficult to generate revenue? Well, because people see what's happening. And they see how corrupt these outlets are. And how that they cover the truth. And how that they spread lies. And how that so many of them are just pure pop propagandists like Philip Bump at the Washington Post telling you, the dear reader, not the dear leader, the dear reader, don't do your research. Just, just trust me. Just trust the Washington Post. And people don't. They don't trust the LA Times. And so the LA Times is a hop, skip, and a jump away 
from folding completely. When we come back, we'll conclude today's show with email feedback that we've got in recent days. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Daily news, Bible prophecy. See the connection on the Trumpet Daily. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the flood of news and information? You need something to sift the news and bring you only what matters most. You need the Trumpet Daily. You also need something to help you understand not just what's happening now, but what will happen next. You need the Trumpet Daily. Only the Trumpet Daily accurately matches daily news to precise Bible prophecies. Because Bible prophecy is the only tool up to the task of sifting the news down to what's important and showing you what will happen next. Join host Stephen Flurry every weekday. Go to TrumpetDaily.com. We've got some emails that have come in in recent days. This one says here, that was the finest hour I've experienced all day. Thank you for another chock full of truth news program. Truly, tomorrow's news today. Our Father rules with limitless power. It says his timetable, his uncompromisable standard, his perfect formula for his eternal purpose. Another one writes, I went to rumble and gave you a thumble. I got to go back and watch yesterday's show. Maybe Sam can tell me afterwards. Thanks for all the laughs on yesterday's show. You outdid yourself and you coined a new term, thumble, which was heartily embraced. We're, we're always eager to thumble up every show. So there you go. We've started a new tradition and I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. This one here says, I hope Michelle Obama does run for president. Then Obama can be attacked out in the open. I thought that was an interesting observation. And I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. You you look at the disaster at the southern border or with the economy, with inflation. Never mind. I had a montage of the regime going on and on about how wonderful the economy is. Nobody buys it, just like nobody buys the fact that they're trying to secure the border. They're trying to cut down the fence. But through it all, the dear leader, I mean, he just flies beneath the radar, doesn't he? Nobody calls him out. And yet everybody knows, everybody knows he's the puppet master. There was that report, I forget, I think PJ Media saying that, and I don't know how much truth there is to this, there was the report a few weeks ago where the dear leader was saying to Biden, look, you need to change your campaign strategy and go in this direction and make sure you're covering this and get these people in there. And according to PJ Media, now the dear leader is saying, look, you need to step aside. And then those reports, as I gave to you yesterday, saying that uh, Michelle Obama, she's very near to the point of coming into the race, throwing her hat into the ring, but you got to get Joe Biden out of the way. And of course, After him, Kamala Harris, that's going to be a little bit of a difficult job. The first female vice president, African-American, they're in a difficult position, the Obamas, but they're still active, you can be sure. And should Michelle Obama suddenly turn into Donald Trump's competition in the general, well, I think this reader is or this viewer is right. 
I think it, it brings the Obamas into the crosshairs. Wait a second. I think you're responsible for what we're seeing all around us. This is all part of the fundamental transformation. Another email here from Pennsylvania. It says, it's absolutely amazing to hear the phone call to Carrie Lake and how the president of the Republican Committee in Arizona att attempting to bribe this woman running for senator in the state, trying to keep her out of the race. The people back east don't want her in the race. Then he says he doesn't want to get blown up in his car. <laughs> He's taking a chance with the deep state because it could still happen. These people, as you say, are just unbelievably satanic in their lies, their bribery, and worse. It says here, Carrie Lake is a gem, and we need her in the Senate on our side. I don't recognize my country anymore, nor my state of Pennsylvania, and it's all because of the fundamental transformation brought on by Barack Obama. It's very sad to see the people in both parties running it into the ground with the help of the devil who is behind it all. It says here, God bless everything your church is doing to warn us of more prophecies to come and where everything is leading right to the return of Jesus Christ. That is the hope beyond, beyond the devastation and the destruction and the misery in the short term. Another one here comes from uh, Idaho. It says, such a blessing to listen to the trumpet daily. I find myself laughing every time you mention the president is on vacation again. Well, isn't he on vacation the rest of the time too? <laughs> and then finally from South Carolina, it says here, I listen to you every day, or I've listened to you every day since you started your show. That was back in 2015. We're coming up on the the nine-year anniversary in May, I guess. I think I know why you have the fastest <laughs> why you have the fastest hour in broadcast history. It's because you're inspired. You seem so into it. <laughs> Thank you for all these years. I've been a member in the, in the church since around 1967, and I'm always inspired with everything that comes out of Edmond, out of headquarters. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at tdatthetrumpet.com. That's all we have time for on today's show. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you. We really thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>